Opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about creating a life of love and compassion and purpose. And when we are focusing our life on creating that kind of a life, then the conflicts don't even arise, or at least it's true that we have conflict every day in our life. That means just different perspectives, but it doesn't turn into nastiness. It doesn't escalate into escalating conflict and fights. And so this wonderful book that I've been reading, it's called Lead With Your Heart, Creating a Life of Love, Compassion, and Purpose by Regina Cates. And Marianne Williamson, who we all know, uh, said this book is like a note from a close friend. And she is, as many of you know, she is a New York Times bestselling author of A Return to Love. And so let me tell you a little bit about Regina. Regina Cates is a spiritual teacher, a transformational author, and a positivity junkie. She inspires thousands of people every day to live the kind of lives that it shows limitless possibilities. And through her Los Angeles-based company, Romancing Your Soul, she guides people to lead with their hearts. Now with her first book, which is the one I just told you that I have sitting right here in my hand, Lead With Your Heart, Creating a Life of Love, Compassion, and Purpose, Regina is trying to touch the hearts of a wider audience, and we're so happy to help her do that. And her website is Romancing Your Soul. So we're thrilled to have Regina joining us from beautiful Beverly Hills. Thank you, Regina. Thank you, Mari. Pleasure to be here with you today. Great. So what does it mean? What does it mean to lead with your heart? Oh, Mari, for me, it means that I lead with the values of love, um, that I look for ways to create win-wins instead of getting into conflict, just as you mentioned a moment ago. I look for ways to support others as I want to be supported, how I can make the world a better place. Uh, I believe that this is the way that we have happiness and fulfillment with life is when we are able to lead with a part of us that is connected to everything that is alive. You know, that is so true. When I'm in mediation and I'm in the midst of conflict quite a bit, that's what I do for a living. And when I feel like this energy, this, this negative energy around me, you know what I do? I actually kind of like f- visualize that my mouth is in my heart. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and you know that that really helps me to kind of stay centered because when you're in around conflict a lot, it is catching. It's like a cold, you know. It's yep. catching. Somebody is angry. Somebody is upset. I have to put up these golden shields around me so that I can stay in that peaceful place. But when you talk about leading with your heart, uh, that's what I have to do to be able to not let myself get caught in their anger. I have to just visualize that I'm speaking from my heart. So that, that you know, when I'm reading your book, that really kind of resonated with me. So when you're, when you're talking about love, what, what do you mean by love? For many, many years, Mari, I had absolutely no clue what love is other than what I saw on television and never really made sense to me. So I think that uh, today I've come to understand that love is affection, love is caring, but how we express and receive love is through tangible action. So if I had to boil that down, asking me what love is, then love is action. Love is patience, kindness, cooperation, consideration, all of these other beautiful behaviors of our heart. Yes. And, you know, when you're talking about, um, you know, positivity, that you're a positivity junkie, you know, I think that when I think about it, I think about love also being really positive energy. Um, you know, when I'm lying down with my golden retriever puppy, who is uh, 11 months old right now, you know, and I just feel that love within him. It is, it is an energy Right, it's an energy that we feel that kind of vibrates in our in our whole being, and and you know that's what I think about love. Whether it's platonic love with a friend or with your loved one, your spouse, your children, it's it really is an energy that kind of vibrates, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And and I'm so glad that you mentioned the word positive because Mari, love is always positive. Even when it's setting hard boundaries, even when it's going through the process of forgiveness, love is always positive because when we act from that positive space, we will create positive. It just It's just the energy that we put out. Right. And people, I think this is what I, I see with people, that they're afraid that if they watch boundaries, and we're going to talk a little bit about boundaries in just a second, if they watch their boundaries or if they talk about something that they're not comfortable with, they're afraid that they'll lose love. And that isn't the case, is it? No, no. In fact, uh, that's how we develop intimacy. You know, intimacy begins with us, and it begins with being honest and open with ourselves. And once we have that relationship with ourselves, that loving, confident relationship, then sharing ourselves with others is how we establish intimacy. And that's what we're craving Mari, yes. you know, so we're not losing anything. We have everything to gain. Yes. And, you know, you talked about in the very beginning of your book about how you were not feeling love. Are you willing to share a little bit about that, about how you came to really have this realization that you, you didn't come from always having it, did you? No, no. And I'm not so sure a lot of us do, at least in the line of work that I'm in. I think that we're very confused about what love is. Uh, I'm, I'm not so sure that a lot of our parents understand what love is, and so they can't really show us. And again, it's positive behavior. Yes, I was raised in the fundamentalist Christian church in the southern part of the United States, and I can't tell you how, Mari, but I just knew that when I was very, very young that I was different. I was gay. I was born this way. And so being surrounded by such hate for something that 
uh, was just a natural part of me was really very, very confusing, especially when you couch that as far as spirituality. Right. So with everybody uh, basically hating me, even if they didn't know, because they didn't know for several years, and of course when I did confess that, then my worst nightmare came true. Mm. Well, that's okay. You know, I mean, yeah. this is what happens. When you're dealing with these kinds of mindsets, then you're not going to all of a sudden say, oh, okay, well, fantastic. Right. Everything's wonderful now in my life, which is very important, and that is the power of sharing our story, because now my parents are my best friends. Now all of these folks, they are giving books to people which openly talks about their daughter being gay, so I think that's fantastic. But the point I want to make is that, Mari, uh, growing up under these particular, uh, I guess, judgments and, and caused a lot of self-hatred. Now, whatever the story is that we walk around with, whether it's gay or whether it's any of these other things that we deal with every day, the bottom line is that we have to love ourselves. We have to be okay with us regardless of what anybody else says. So that was my journey of learning to love and respect myself even while everybody else on the planet, or at least that's what I thought at the time, hated me. Yes, yes. So what is the most important factor then in creating successful relationships? You know, once you are aware of, you know, really accepting and loving yourself, let's talk about the most important factor and then creating that successful relationship. Yeah, uh, Mari, you know, I did not have a lot of successful relationships until I learned to have a successful relationship with myself. Right. So uh, that's one of the reasons I spent time doing this particular work to put down on paper how I think that we learn to love ourselves. Because once we learn to love and respect ourselves, then we know what it feels like and we can give that to someone else. So for me, what I have learned in my lifetime is that I have to have the values of love as a part of me first. I must give them to me first. Then I can not only give them to someone else, I can recognize them in someone else, Mari. Let me give you a very quick example. At one time I dated someone who thought it was okay to steal. Now, I've never thought it was okay to steal. I was taught that when I was young. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning I thought, "Mm mm-mm, this relationship isn't going to work. But I didn't listen to my heart. Uh, at the very beginning. It took me a while. There is no way in the world that that relationship would have ever worked, Mari, because totally opposite spectrums of what we believe to be right. So for me, the fundamental thing that helps us in all relationships is to have those shared values. Respect, courtesy, kindness, politeness, forgiveness. Yes, exactly. Values. And, you know, for me also, you know, I, I couldn't be with someone who's not spiritual either. Because I don't want to be mocked for, for what I believe. Do you know what I mean? So, And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about my, my own spirituality and my values, which are very similar to what you're talking about. If I have someone who's not going to accept the kind of values that I have and be incongruent with that, it's, it's impossible. For, otherwise, you have to give up who you are, right? Right. And that's what so many of us do when the key is to really be aligned with who we are and to know who we are so that we can find other people, whether that be a partner, a significant other, or that be uh, just friends who resonate with us. You know, the, the best relationships that we're ever going to have are those based upon those shared values. But here's the key, Mari, you know this. We have to know what we value first before we can go and identify that in someone else. Right, and, and that's not always so easy, especially for young people. And we're sitting here on the campus of the University of California, Irvine, and these people, you know, they say that you don't really mature to really know yourself until you're at least 25. 
and um, your, your brain and it doesn't really develop that much. And so I think that is part of it is just kind of finding out who you are, what's important to you. And when you, when you were talking about loving yourself, we're not talking about the arrogant kind of materialistic loving yourself like I'm great, you know, which is kind of, you know what I mean, which is disingenuous. We're talking about the kind of where you value what you value, where you say, you know, this is me. And even though I'm not like that or I don't like that and you like that, um, I still value what I value and I respect myself. Not that I think I'm better than you or that I am worse than you, but I, I am... I am what I am like Popeye, remember? Popeye yeah, I remember. <laughs> I am what I am, and I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. And it, it's just kind of like getting to that point, and thank goodness I'm old enough that I'm finally getting, you know, that I am there, um, that I do accept who I am and what I am. But it's it's not always easy in society, especially if you are different, right? If you have different upbringing or, or if you're gay or if you're a, a different color or if you're female or whatever it is, you know, be even in my profession when I first started out, being a woman in the legal profession, even that was, you know, being very different and not being accepted and having to accept yourself. So we all, many of us go through that, that kind of feeling and learning to say, hey, it's okay. I, I accept who I am and I'm, I'm okay in this skin, right? Yes, because when you and I do that, Maury, we give permission for everybody else to do that, too. Here's the thing that I believe and that I see, and that is that each one of us wants to just be ourselves. We have this idea that we have to be something else, and that is another reason that I spent time putting down on paper my journey, because as soon as I really was just accepting of myself, then I started having the most wonderful relationships. Why? Because I didn't care if someone liked me. They, they now respected me because I respected myself. Yes, and you know, I noticed, I remember when I went through a very difficult divorce after a long-term marriage and kids and everything, I had to really go and, and find out who the heck I was then because we changed, right? We changed from, uh, through all the experiences that we go through. And, and I just remember going and saying to myself, you know, who am I now? And as I worked on myself and got healthier, I started bringing healthier people into my life. Yes, ma'am. Right? It's just <laughs> like you mirror that. And so that's what's really beautiful is that as we get healthier, all of a sudden we, we can let go of unhealthy relationships. And well, we can. Absolutely. And that's the reason that we're here, too. We're here for the relationships, Mari. We are. And, and, you know, I know that we learn through conflict, and I know that we learn through challenge, but I tell you what, I am here as the positivity junkie to say, hey, let's learn through fun, let's learn through cooperation, let's learn through love. Right. And, and, and for me, you know, conflict is a gift. It, it is mm -hmm. a gift because, and conflict doesn't necessarily mean it turns into something bad, okay? Right. Conflict means that there are different perspectives, you see things differently, but we can grow from each other. Yep. And so as we actually solve issues, that is a growth opportunity. That is greater intimacy when we can get past those things. Mm -hmm. But, yes. you know, let's talk a little bit about boundaries. You know, I, I'm finishing my book with um, a co-author, and it's called uh, Fighting for Love. And I actually wrote a chapter on boundaries myself. So let's talk about why boundaries are so crucial to creating healthy relationships. 
For me, Mari, when, growing up under the circumstances that I did, and I want to say again, this is not unique. We all go through something. But growing up as children, we don't really have a lot of say uh, as children to set boundaries with the adults in our lives. Right. Uh, we just are not taught that. And I think that's one of the areas of parenting that really needs to step up and be able to allow your child to say no. So going into adulthood, I didn't have any idea how to say no. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to fit in with the crowd, even if it went against myself. I suffered so much from doing that, Mari, that I finally one day figured out that healthy relationships, and the one that starts with me first, has to be on clearly expressing what is acceptable behavior and what is not. Right, right. And you have to have consequences, too. Whether yep. you're setting boundaries with a child or as I'm teaching my golden retriever puppy. <laughs> <you> <laughs> I mean, you don't walk in front of me, dog, so I trip, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's hard enough to teach, a, you know, a puppy but and kids. And, um, and establishing boundaries doesn't mean that you're nasty. It's oh, just, in fact, that's not the way to establish boundaries. Right, it, but it some is people own, do. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's to own the communication. When you do this, I feel this, please do this, and all very respectful. Right, or, and, and just saying, for example, if you say, if, if you go ahead and um, drink before we go to the party, if you say that to your loved one, your spouse, your significant other, if you do that, then I won't be able to go to the party with you. Exactly. You know, and so you can you can say, if you do this, then I must do this. Yes. It's and, not, you know, and very it has important, to be, Mari, yeah, and it has to be, Yeah, and it has to be something that is not overboard, like you don't overpunish. It has to be a consequence that really is, you know, uh, congruent with what's happening. Yes, and you have to be willing to follow through. This is where parents and and a lot of us get into trouble is that all of a sudden we do not follow through on that consequence and that ruins the entire purpose of setting the boundary. Right. So if you're in a a love relationship and you say, if you do this, I'll leave you, well, that's that's good. And then you don't leave them, then they don't believe you, right? So it's it's, it's basically you have to say something like, if you do this, then I... I, I'm going to have to go in the other room and I won't be able to speak to you until there's a conversation that we can resolve this. I mean, you have to have something that's that's really on the same par because otherwise no, it, it, it has no meaning whatsoever. So boundaries are really tough. I think that they are probably the hardest thing in relationships. We're constantly learning them, don't you think? No matter what, because we all change. That boundaries are, are really something that are lifelong that we're learning? I, I think that being able to identify acceptable behavior becomes very easy for us. I think that for me in my life, Mari, that the more that I set boundaries, the easier it becomes and the more that I love and respect myself. And again, not out of the self-centered, but really just remaining true to who I am and what I value then it becomes very easy for me. It's easy for me to set boundaries with people who are unethical. Yes, yes. Okay? So it's easy for us to set boundaries, even in relationship. You know, I, I have lost many, many people on this journey because their ethics did not come up to the standard that I hold myself to. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to be lied to or cheated or embezzled right, from. Right. You know? so those become very easy. 
I think that it becomes easier for us when we understand this one simple concept from Albert Einstein, and that is that no circumstance can be changed at the same level of awareness that created it. So if we are not willing to set boundaries, if we are not willing to bring a better, higher, more loving awareness to the relationship, then we cannot expect things to change. Right. For, for me, because I'm constantly dealing with people in conflict, it's, um, it's always that dance of setting boundaries between people. Do you know what I mean? Helping oh, yeah. them when they haven't done it. So I think it's something that I work on all the time. It's funny because when I wrote this book with my co-author Leonard Simchuk he um he wrote the chapter on building bridges so you have to have this balance between boundaries and bridges because if you set up such high boundaries that you don't let somebody in then you need to learn to build bridges too so I I think it's a, a a very exciting thing to learn boundaries and focus on boundaries and knowing what's acceptable and what's not acceptable and then also being open enough to really cross the bridge, too. Well, and I think also for me, Mari, and this is a big deal. Boundaries are a big deal, and now that I've learned to set them, I find that that really does help build those bridges yeah. because we're, we're very clear in the communication with what we're going to do and how we're going to interact in relationship. Yes, yes. So let's talk a little bit about being a spiritual being. You know, What does it actually look like to live as a spiritual being having a, a great human adventure or an ex, a human experience. <laughs> yeah. Being raised in the church, I was, I was uh, in an organized religion. I was very perplexed about this. This is one of the things that I've been looking at all of my life, Mari, so thank you for asking. I don't think it's nearly as woo-woo as we might think, and for me, I believe that it's just every day doing the very best that we possibly can to be the best person that we possibly can by living aligned with the values of our heart. You know, when we do that, because they are all positive, then we are going to put out the best of ourselves. And as I go through, uh, there's many, many steps in this, but Mari, really what it boils down to is a way of being, being love, being patient, being kind, being cooperative, forgiving as you want to be forgiven. All of these things that all of these great masters in religion talk about, they are very easy to do. It's not like a long list of what we have to do every day and remember it's ways of being that's why it's so important to identify those values of love and really put them into our heart because then when you are in that traffic jam and you could be impatient then you're just going to choose to be patient this becomes new habits for us that's what it's like mari yeah building new habits and and we we're always beings instead i mean we're always doing instead of being right Mm -hmm. many of us especially you know when we're working hard whatever it is and we're driving somewhere and we're on our devices and we're constantly connected we forget that we are we should be being instead of doing and i know that's something for me to just sit back and being be being and that's what it also means to be a spiritual being, that we're being rather than a, than a human doing. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And, and you know what? I have to tell you that the only time that we really are connected is when we are in that heart space. Yes. So when we're in our head space, our head is going to take us, you know, a million miles away. That's why it's very important that we have to master a mind that has a mind of its own. Exactly, exactly. You know, they talk about, especially Marianne Williamson talks about, you know, that the opposite of love is fear. 
What about fear? What what do we have to do to overcome the fears in our lives? Make a choice to overcome the fears in our life, Mari, really. That, yeah. That's basically what it means. You make the choice to look at what you're afraid of, to face it, because when you do that, when any of us has that bravery to really face what it is that we fear, then we will realize that pretty much what we have feared was not really real in the first place. I mean, that's just statistically true. Uh, some things might come true that you fear. However, living in fear and being afraid are two different things. It's okay to be afraid. That's part of our fight or flight yes, response. Yes. But living in fear, it sucks the life out of you. It sucks the positive energy out. So what I advise people to do and what I did in my own life, make a list of what you fear and then turn and face it. And by that I mean, why am I allowing this to control me? Yes. It's funny because I um, recently was in New York City visiting my son and um, one of his friends was saying, oh, I'd love to come to California, but I'm so afraid to go on an airplane. And I said, well, I'm afraid to go on an airplane too, but I just, I feel the fear and I just do it anyway because I want to, I want to go. I want to come to New York. I want to visit you guys. So I don't let that stop me. You know, I just feel it and then go ahead with it. And um, I, I heard a long time ago that fear, the acronym FEAR, F-E-A-R, is false expectation appearing real. And if we're afraid of something that might happen, well, you know, that's a false expectation. We don't know that it's going to happen. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that, that helps me to just say, okay, feel it anyway. And there was a book that I read many years ago, and it was called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, good book, excellent book. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about empathy? What, what do you think about empathy? Why is that so important? Mari, I believe that we need empathy to solve the problems that we have individually and collectively. We need empathy in order to be able to see ourselves as connected to all life, not just this one human species. Uh, We need empathy in order to want to sit down and resolve conflict. We have to be able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. We have to be able to feel what they feel. And to have empathy, we have to be able to feel what we feel. Yes, yes. So, you know, I'm worried about how people don't really connect the young people that... I, you know, even my kids, you know, I'll say, pick up the phone, they'll text me or they'll email me, mostly text me now. And I'll say, well, honey, and they're, you know, they're already 20s and 30s. They're in their 20s and 30s. And I'll say, well, just pick up the phone, you know, let's talk, let's, let's discuss it. But I think what happens is people don't, cannot be that empathetic if they're just communicating through electronic messages. What do you think about that? You're absolutely right that it is impossible, absolutely impossible. Let me give you a short story to tell you. I was recently on the airplane with the HR manager for American Airlines, and we were talking just casually, and she shared with me, said, you know what, Regina, Uh, young people today absolutely cannot communicate with me when I'm interviewing them for a position. They might have some sort of good college degree, but if they cannot look me in the eye because they're so used to communicating through these uh, non-personal means like texting and email... That's not going to get you a job. <laughs> you know, we have to be connected. Technology is a tool for us. It is not something that establishes relationships. It's not something that keeps relationships. You have got to have one-on-one relationships with people by picking up the phone. Exactly. And, 
And that's what I try to do myself. But I, I notice when other people are um, kind of put up their barriers, they don't want to do it. So I have to say, hey, we have to do it. I actually had to put into my retainer agreement that we would not try and resolve any conflict through email or text messaging. It has to be at least by phone. And next, you know, the, the best is face-to-face, -face, then at least by Skype or phone or something where we can communicate. Yeah, you know why, Mari? Because 93% yeah. of all of our communication is nonverbal. We have to be able to see one another. We are, you know, we are animals too. And I tell you what, your dog has developed an incredible sense through time of, of like all dogs have, of being able to read us. Yes. We are losing that. We have to be able to do that. That is a huge part of our communication. Well, this is a perfect way to end, and I want to just mention your book again. It's called Lead With Your Heart, Creating a Life of Love, Compassion, and Purpose by Regina Cates. And Regina, you want to just give your website, and then it's time for us to go. Sure. It's romancingyoursoul.com, and on Facebook, Romancing Your Soul. Well, thank you so much. It's wonderful to speak to you, and we are excited to see when you write your next book. You'll give us a call. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Minerva and KUCI.org and the net. I'm Mari Frank. Joins us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. for prescriptions for healing conflict and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.